Hello and welcome to another episode of the Black Country Ramble. This is your weekly dose of an Albion fan and a Wolves fan putting their heads together to try and make sense of two clubs who happen to be on very different paths at the moment, uh, but are linked geographically. JB, it is a pleasure to be with you as always. How are you this week, my man? I'm good, mate. A little bit better than last week. Um, still, still not 100%. Still, still, still battling away a little bit, but... Uh... I think I'm on. I think I'm on the right path. No, not yet match fit, mate. No, no I think uh, good few weeks away in that in that department. But um, we'll give no, you mate, thirty minutes. We'll give you, you thirty that? minutes off the bench, JB. We'll give you thirty minutes this week, like Daryl DK. You know what, yeah. mate? Nah, nah. Just, just, just the channel doing me at the moment, bud. Yeah, JB. <laughs> um, it is customary here at the Black Country Ramble to begin with some football trivia. Now, if you're playing along, feel free to throw yourself into this, pause the podcast, maybe write the names down and come back to it. Uh, But it does tend to take us a little bit of time. So see if you can beat JB in real time as well. This week, it is on me to give a trivia question to you and the listeners, JB. And that trivia question is kind of loosely linked to Wolves, I suppose, um, with a Portuguese theme. We have done a few okay. Portuguese questions before, but this question we've definitely not done before. JB, okay. there are eight Premier League players from Portugal who have won a Premier League medal. So who are the eight Portuguese Premier League winners? Oh, that is a superb question. Okay. Um, Ronaldo. Yep. Um, oh, Paulo Ferreira. Yeah, very good. Did Deco win one? Yes, he did. He won a singular Premier League title. Um, Oh, Carvalho. Yeah, Um, four from four. Good guesses so far. And he's at eight. Yeah, so you've got half of them in very, very good time. Right, I think. Did Luis Bomorte win one with Arsenal? Yes, he did. Five from five. Oh. <clears throat> um, I know Simon doesn't really work on a podcast, but I'm half tempted oh, to um, sit here and, and listen to you reel these off. Nanny, sit, nanny. Yeah, six from six. Nanny's actually got the record. He's won more Premier League titles than any other Portuguese. Okay. Uh, but a bit of Come on, Jack, you can do this. Two more. Um, so, so far, we've got Ferreira, Carvalho, yeah. Nanny, Ronaldo, Boamorte, and Deco. The last two, one of yeah. them is. Very obvious. One of them is Bernardo Silva. Yeah, that's a very obvious one. That's seven out of eight. The last one is definitely the most obscure on the list, but not, um, you know, it's someone you'd have heard of, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. No, no, I know. I know. Oh, my goodness me. Just before, because is that seven out of eight? Seven out of eight with no fault so far. Premier League, Portuguese, Portuguese. Oh, goodness me. Right. Don't ask me what. I'm not going to say the now. Oh, um, oh, no, 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 no. He's, I'm leaning towards a Leicester player and I don't know why. I might be barking the wrong tree. You might um, be. Do you want me to come back to you a bit later on, JB? Yeah, yeah. Come, come, come back to me, mate. Come back to me. The, the one you've not got is definitely the most uh, difficult one. It is certainly the trickiest. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we'll revisit that in a little bit of time. Good question, okay. I like that. I like yeah, that. it is a good question. I'm actually amazed how quick you've reeled those names off. It's a good question because they're all household names. They're all really big Premier League Yeah, players. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought there might be more than eight as well, but if you all... Oh, yeah, to be fair. Yeah. If they all go to Wolves, then, you know, that that stream <laughs> of Portuguese Premier League winners is a, is a <laughs> good. 
JV, in recent weeks, we have, and we were just saying this off air, we've started with Wolves quite a lot, and we're thinking, why have we done that? I know, honestly, I think there's a bit more positivity um, coming from one half of the podcast when we get to talk about Wolves. Uh, but I'm going to flip on head, and I'm going to say, no, let's start with Albion, because I feel yeah. like um, there's a fair bit to say on Albion. Um, it's, uh-huh. not, it's not plain sailing, um, so there's a bit of uh, discussion for us to get our teeth into. So it was a short trip for me this weekend uh, from South East London to West London. My first visit to Loftus Road and what I could see from the stand, um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good uh, good traditional ground uh, and I'd much rather be there than uh, the London Stadium, for example. That's that's one that always yeah, yeah. old. Um, I do like these, these traditional um, yeah, sure. grounds and I'll try and get to as many of those as I can this season because... Yeah, you know, you know the, the the kind of Brentford thing of a lot of them are disappearing. Anyway, this is not a podcast yeah, yeah. about yeah, yeah. This is a podcast about the Black Country, and the Black Country side came out on the wrong end of that result. It was a really good watch. Now you don't often hear again this nil nil for eighty nine minutes be described as a good watch, but it was a it was to quote what. Um, Jim Ross would have called it in the uh, late 90s, early noughties on WWE. It was a proper slobber knocker. Like there were, <laughs> there was a lot of effort put in uh, all over the pitch. There were some big collisions, big tackles, um, some chances here and there, but really it was two, two teams who were really fighting hard. Um, and I thought that QPR probably were the better side uh, as the result would suggest. But I, I, I reckon it wasn't as bad as some Albion performances has been, have been, I should say, but it wasn't the Albion of the first 10 games of the season. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It's always a bit better when you're there as well. Well, unless it's... Yeah, sure. Yeah. But I did I did enjoy it. JB, I know you caught a lot of the game as well. And what were your thoughts? Yeah, I caught the um, majority of the second half. I, I sort of dual screened, if you like, because at that point, Wolves were, were, were quite comfortable. Um, prior to Ward Prowse's free kick, I hasten to add. Um, so I thought I'd dual screen. I, I, yeah, I thought I'd dual screen it a little bit. And to be honest, the, the, the 40, 35 points, like I quite I agree with you. It was, it was a very end to end game. There, there wasn't really a period or patch of play where the ball stuck in the middle of the park. It literally was end to end. Um, I mean, there was a couple of times where Albion got in. Um, I think it was Callum Robinson, correct me if no, I think it might Carlin Grant, who got in down the their right-hand side, your left-hand side, and he took a def- deflection, went under the keeper, and actually rolled across the line. How that didn't go in, I don't yeah, know. I was right behind um, that. And I, I, God yeah. knows how that didn't go in. Because the keeper yeah. keep touches that, he touches it into the goal as well. Yeah, it was one. It was one of that, those things. The, the ball could have spun the other direction. It would have just nicked in. Um, and then likewise, well, straight from not that. quite going for you, JB, when things aren't yeah, going. Yeah, QPR went down the other end and they had an attack yeah. and they had a couple of chances. And well, I mean, it really was, was an ebb, ebb and flow game. It went back and forth. I mean, I, 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 I really probably can't comment. I, I mean, I, I praise you for being honest around the fact that you think QPR probably edged it and deserved the win. Obviously, I didn't see the first half, so yeah. I can't really, really comment. But from what I saw in the second half, um, from when the moment DK came on, DK came on, um, that, that 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 initial 10, 15 minutes of him being on, Albion by far looked, looked the stronger side. Um, yeah. He, 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 from what I saw, like, no, it, was just totally before, agree, yeah. it was just before I joined the game, just before DK came on. Yeah. Um, so so and, with, with the, the ebb and flow of the game, I'd probably say Albion started the better and QPR yeah. grew, grew into the game around the turn of the half. So the last 10 minutes of the second half, first half and then the first 10 minutes of the second half, they were much better. But uh, we can't talk about that game without talking about DK and the palpable lift he gave to the team, the fans and the uh, the direction of our attacks. Colin Grant yeah. threw on goal in seconds of DK coming on. Um, it sort of it could have done better with it, but the ball didn't quite run. As it as it might have done for him, but DK sure. gets, plays him through with his first touch. His second touch of the ball, um, he squares the ball for Jake Livermore, who balloons the ball over. And the reaction from the away end was so like so noticeable. And singing his name, um, singing other players' names because could he just given a lift to to the game really? Then DK, as Albion fans who watched will know, DK 
out-muscled um, a QPR defender, Barbe, and he ended up in the advertising hoardings needing a Terry Butcher job um, to, to repair uh, the damage that DK had done. I thought it was quite serious at one point, but it wasn't. He, the QPR player came back on and job back on. And that actually killed the game for, for Albion for a period of time. We looked, it, the game went into a real lull. That was about a five-minute delay. They, 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 they double, I mean, it's difficult. We Obviously, you're in the game and you're engrossed in the atmosphere. And, and, and yeah. so, obviously, you've got a different vantage viewpoint of it to what I have watching at home, if that makes sense. So, yeah. um, you're sort of engrossed in that, you know, DK's come on. He's lifted the crowd. You probably sense you'll feel yeah. like you're going to get the winner. Whereas I was obviously a little bit more impartial, watching it at home from a completely yeah. neutral perspective, if you like. And and you are right. That challenge, I know I, I sort of said, you know, the wild challenge or whatever word it is. And I still think it was wild. Um, I think I think, it, <laughs> I think the QPR defender fancied it. And if I'm honest, after that point, he, he, he played a really good the game. The double down, the double down on him. I don't think yeah. he realised how strong Daryl DK was going to be in that tackle. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think, yeah, but I think he's got his arm underneath him and he has give him, give him that. It's, it wasn't a shoulder to shoulder. There is an element of throwing him to the ground. Um, I, I don't, which is always, I haven't seen yeah. that movie, if I'm honest, but yeah. Yeah, you what? Sorry, say that again. I, I didn't see it like that and I've seen it back. Yeah, I, yeah. I just think the QPR defender goes, yeah. go on. Have some of this and bounce yeah. it off. Okay. But, but 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 at the same time, I was going to advertise an audience. It's funny because when 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 it, when I saw it live, if you like, on on the screen when I was watching it, um, my instinct was, if that was if I was playing for QPR now, and excuse my language, I'm going to kick fuck out of DK now. I'm going to shut him up, and that's yeah. it. That that is exactly what I said. I thought it was a, a bit of a silly thing to do. Yes, they've gone in. They've gone in for the ball, and DK is stronger than him, or whatever argument you want to yeah. do. But when you're on the and, and I and then he sort of played out that way, and from that moment, DK they doubled down on him a little bit, and then that stopped Albion being as potent as what they were for those first 10, 15 minutes when he came on. Um, it's interesting because my my viewing of of the sort of the half an hour DK was on was certainly I agree yeah. to that tackle. And then yeah. I think the lull killed the momentum a little bit. Yeah. And they did double up on him and he, uh, but he was still coming out with the ball. He clearly wasn't as effective because they've been, he's been yeah, yeah. doubled up on. But as far as I'm concerned, that's a success. If you've got a player that's so dangerous, they're going to double, like Grealish at Villa, for example, every time he had the ball last season, he'd be doubled up on and that would create so yeah. much space for the players around him. And if play, if teams are going to double up on Daryl DK, yeah. great, no problem. As yeah. long as listen, yeah, there. listen, it's very early doors. You know, from a debut perspective, he's come on, first 15 minutes, he's, he's looked really lively. He's held the ball up well. He's, he's won a couple of free kicks. I'd say if they did the ball through to Carl and Grant, he should have done better in my opinion. He's done the left back and crossed it in where Livermore's kind of leaning back and, and, yeah, and yeah. It, I don't know the keeper saved it or he went over, I'm not no, sure. Over, um, yeah, and it was very lively for those first 15 minutes. He, as I said to you, I think he was very, he's very raw. You can see he's very raw, very excitable. Yeah. Um, I know he's got experience of playing in the championship with Barnsley. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, I think he'll fancy his chances the week. I know, well, I don't want to jump the gun and we'll yeah, talk about yeah. the previews after, but I think he'll definitely fancy his chances at the weekend um, against against the division's worst defence. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely be lumping a, a five or so, and maybe bagging, bagging a couple. Oh, yeah. um, I've already backed him so, up. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll def, definitely be, be looking at that. But listen, it's a new dimension for Albion to go down. You know, they've, they've invested heavily in him. You know, he's what Albion believe they need. Um, and like I said, you know, ultimately the sucker punch at the end was a killer. You know, it's not it's not nice to, to lose to a last minute goal, especially by an ex player. Um, it's probably the worst way to lose, actually, to be honest with you. Um, the sucker punch. But, and, and he's offside, JB. Yeah, I actually didn't see that. To be honest, Albion, QPR scored, and then I kind of I thought that that that's QPR will see the game out now. And I kind of and I haven't actually watched the replay back. So, but that yeah. but that that's the that's the thing we 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 you know I, th- I think VAR lends itself in favourable situations sometimes, and in other ways it doesn't. In that in that situation, if he was offside, you you would have come out with a point, and then in other ways. You know, VAR would have would have would have killed certain results for you. So it's it's, it's, it's an awkward one, isn't it? Because yeah, I, I mean, last year I found myself more mithered with refereeing decisions after the game, yeah. knowing VAR is in place. I'm almost now, yeah. now, in my opinion, Albion should have had a penalty just before. I know you think it was soft, but for me, yeah, it's, yeah. 
penalty. Um, uh-huh. We had a penalty just before QPR went up the other end and scored. And I, I'm not really focused on that. I, like I said, QPR yeah. deserved, well, I don't know, a point was probably fair, but QPR edged it for me. Um, I'm not really focused on the penalty decision. I'm not really focused I on think, the, I think. I think what it is, I think it's, I'd rather have a few decisions not go your way in a season and a few that do go your way in a season and VAR not be involved in that process. Because you're leaving it up to the ref, you're leaving the referee to do his job, and and you will have made a small mistake at work today, and then rectified it a little bit later on. Likewise, I will have, and things like that. And referees are exactly the same. And when they're being left, obviously, unless they're consistently having shockers week after week after week after week, then obviously something's going wrong. But but the reason why I think people get so wound up um, in growth and the whole VAR thing is because VAR. Well, they can't even make the mind up half the time. I know we don't, we're talking about Albion right now, but you know, you don't have to look, you don't have to look at the Wolves penalty, you know, and how long it took for, for that decision to be made and, and all that sort of thing. And, and, you know, and even sometimes some of the VAR decisions are wrong and everybody can see it apart from the referee at Stockley Park. And it, it yeah. just adds, adds fuel to the fire a lot of the time, VAR. So I, I understand your point that exactly. Yeah, you kind that- of, you, you, you're not focused, you can always forgive it because you think it'll leave itself out a little bit. Yeah, and it, I mean, I know Albion this season. I feel like we should have had a couple of penalties. I feel like the same against Cardiff two games in a row. But you know, Albion had a had a goal that was handball a few weeks ago against. Um, yeah, yeah. And you know that that stood and it shouldn't have stood. And yeah. you've got it. You've got to take the rough with the smooth as far as refereeing decisions oh, go. Sure. When, when it's when it's blatantly obvious, and as you say, when it's one referee maybe who's consistently performing. Um, to a poor standard, that, then, you know, that gets you back up. But uh, I, like I said, I, I think it wasn't as bad as performances have been. And I want to talk generally about Albion now. Um, and that there yeah. were positives to take. What I think the original problem at Albion was, was, so in fact, let me paint the picture. So Ishmael arrives in the summer. Moat comes in, starts straight into that start 11. Matt Clark's playing. These new signings, it looks great. We're playing our strongest 11 every week. We're winning for fun. It, it's exciting. It's fast. It's, it's high intensity. We're winning the ball high up the pitch. We we then we weren't scoring that many goals, but we were creating so many chances that it didn't really matter. Uh, and then slowly but surely, the chances stopped falling to the right people and the chances became more and more sparse. And even though we were still creating, we were wasteful. For example, Livermore... Furlong and Jordan Hugill this season have totaled 11 expected goals and got just one between them. Now you look at that and in part you think, oh, we, you know, we're underperforming that XG. And then in, on the other side of the coin, you're thinking, well, do I expect Darnell Furlong to score more than one, two goals in a season? No. Do I expect Jake Livermore to score more than one, two goals in a season? No. Do I expect Jordan Hugill to score ever? Not really, but, you know, he was on the striker. But so... It's not like we've, it, it wasn't like, oh, they're just falling to the wrong people. We had the wrong people in the squad, in the wrong positions. If, if you're going to play a system where your fullbacks are so high and your midfield's intense, at least have p- people who can finish the chances. Anyway, yeah. fast forward a few weeks, we're now at a point where the chances have started to dry up and the expected goals dominance isn't as profound as it was. We're still shading games on XG, but shading shading an individual game on XG is not how you use that stat. And it really frustrates me when people do do that. They say, oh, we were we had 1.1 XG. They only had 0.9 XG. That's not how that's, that's supposed to work. I wish people would stop using it like that. However, the trend is worrying for Albion because we've stopped dominating games in terms of expected gold. You look back at some of the earlier games, like the Blackburn game, I know we only wanted two of it, the Blackburn game, that was a, that was a demolition in terms of expected goals. The Derby game, uh, which we drew, it was a demolition in terms of expected goals. Uh, and there, there's one or two others, but now we're not having that. So now we're at a point where the confidence is gone. There's a toxic atmosphere around the club and we're not now creating chances because all of these things, all of these negative aspects have impinged on, it looks like to me, the, the individual confidence and the cohesion of the unit. It's not nice when you come over to the away end. And I'm not, I'm not criticizing anyone in the away end, but it's not nice when you come over to the away end um, and you're essentially told to fuck off unless you're Daryl DK, which is what happened at the end of that game. Um, now, uh, 
Yeah. I, I, you know, I think Charlie Austin got more of a clap from the Albion fans than some of the some of the Albion players. And I understand it. It gets a lot of people's goat up to see the ball hoofed. And that that's actually getting worse as well. It, we are hoofing it more, um, to use the technical term. Uh, however, in the time Daryl DK was on the pitch, it looked a little bit more promising. So there's things that happened in the first half I can take promise from, and the DK cameo I can take promise from. However, we don't look anywhere near as dangerous as we have done during the rest of this bad run. It's two wins in 10. That's like bog standard, lower mid-table form. But we've looked good. Now it's at the point where we don't look good in terms of chances created. And we're struggling with a lot of negative atmosphere, uh, negative energy and atmosphere. I sort of fear for Valerian Ishmael's future. Uh, I know a lot of Albion fans want him gone. That was a big... Um, a, a big thing leaving the ground on Saturday. I don't think it's time for that. I think give him, give, to be honest, I give him to the end of the season. Unless we drop out of the playoffs and we don't look like getting back in, I give him to the end of the season. But I, I now realise I'm really ranting JB, um, and I've gone from us not us being good at the start, <laughs> and now Ishmael being fearful for his <laughs> job security. But I think the main reasons are the toxic atmosphere is now feeding onto the pitch. We haven't been able to pick our strongest 11 in a long time and it looks desperate. The, 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 the play looks desperate now. It doesn't look measured. It doesn't look deliberate and it doesn't look preconceived like it did in the opening exchanges of the season. And that's what worries me. DK might be a little bit of a remedy, especially when Alex Moat comes back and we get um, our strongest 11 back. But yeah, there's, there's some danger signs coming up to a really important time in the season. JB, I mean, you might not want to jump on any of that, but over to you. No, no, I can do. I mean, I know we, we, me, you know, the, the, the little chap that I often refer to it to myself, you, SR, and my brother George, regulars on the pod, you know, we, we, we had a bit of a chat the other day about it. And I think for me, looking in, you know, you, you are, you are on a rotten run of form. Um, I mean, I mean, I think you saying two wins out of 10 being lower, lower end mid table form is generous. That's relegation form across the four, across the season. Um, you know, six, no, six points every team. We've drawn a lot of those games though, JB. Uh, yeah, 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 I suppose. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm basing that on eight losses. So, um, but, but yeah, you're in a lot of wonderful form. I think, I think, and I've emphasised this quite a lot. I think this game at the weekend comes at a much needed time for you. I think there's one team in the league you'd want to play right now, it'd be Peterborough. Um, yeah. You know, they're really struggling. They, they got, I think they got tanked at the weekend. Um, they've got the worst goal difference in the league. Um, so if, if there was any game you'd want to try and get out of this run of, of form, we've, you've, you've got the, the you've cherry-picked the team in essence. Um, I was speaking to, to shout out to my fellow teacher at Sicily, uh, John Dre, a big Albion fan who listens to the pod a lot. And I was chatting to him today, actually, and... He was saying that he looked a bit dejected, actually, John did, which is unusual for John because he's a bit like yourself, quite positive around the Albion and tries to look on the positive side of things. And he said, the thing is, Jack, he said, we, we haven't changed anything. We have played the same throughout the whole season. There hasn't really been a plan B. And when there has been a form of plan B, it's just been basically been hoofing it a little bit more. There yeah. hasn't been anything outside of the initial ball ball hype. Um and, and he said, and what, what where John's at is, and he says, what I see right now, he says, because for me, the automatic's gone. You know, yeah, it's quite a big thing to say early doors. You know, you never know the winner wins and other teams failing and all that sort of stuff. He says, I can't see us getting top two. Unless I'm a fan, I think, I think that would be the general consensus around the Albion fans. I know I posed you that question last week, didn't I? And you said the same. Um, but John said to me was, um, John said to, what John said to me was that, his worries that even if you do get in the playoffs comfortably, whatever, he's like, we won't beat, we won't beat two teams over two legs. That's my worry. And, 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 and he was like, he was like, and John's very, like I said yourself, probably not, probably not as positive as you, but um, he, 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 he's, he's pretty good like that. And he's like, we, we won't beat two teams over two legs, I'm sorry, beat a team over two legs. And I was like, bloody hell, I haven't really thought of it like that. And like I said, mate, from the outside looking in, it, it's been a desperate run of form. What, what I mentioned in previous pods has come true in that all the, I know Blackburn lost last night. Um, and Bournemouth lost the, the weekend as well. And Bournemouth lost the weekend. But either side of those losses, they've been in a rich vein of form. They've consistently picked up points. Fulham have now started motoring, really motoring. 
Um, and, 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 then what you, and then what you've got is you've got, I remember speaking to you about Middlesbrough early December on the pod, going, yep. you know what, they've had a couple of wins while they're brilliant, but a bit of a bang, they're on level points with you. Um, you know, Luton, you know, good result for Luton last night. Um, and they could sneak into the playoffs. And they, and they could sneak in. Coventry, if they if they get, get, win their two games in hand, they're on level points with you. They've kept that pace as well. Um, you know, obviously, likewise. And then around that, you've got your, your, your Blackburns, your QPRs. QPR have got a game in hand on you and overtook you. So all the teams around you that you really wanted to stick up at the same time haven't. Um, granted, they've all got a play each other. I was speaking to my gaffer, Paul, who's a business for fan. Um, who are doing a try and get on the pod, by the way. Um, and he was saying how I think their next eight games are all pretty much top 10 opponents, I think, give or take. Mm. So this is going to be the season where you're going to be taking points off each other. It's just who does it the most consistently. I mean, I said to you, didn't know the other day, I said, get Peterborough out of the way. I do fancy her the weekend. I think, I think, I think you'll do a sort of Bristol City job on them. Um, but after that, I can't really finish off the top of my head because I haven't got them down, but off the yeah. top of my head, I think you've got, I'm going to say Preston, Blackburn, yeah. Middlesbrough, Bristol City, uh, Blackburn. Um, do, you want, do you want them in order, JB? Yeah, go, go, go so, for it. Because up, yeah, up, so, up, to, up to early April, they're all like cup finals, really, yeah. I think. So, yeah, but you're spot on. So Peterborough, Preston, Millwall, sees us out of January. Then after that, it's Sheffield United, Blackburn, Luton, Borough. Huge um, month, February. Huge month. Uh, Swansea, Hull, Huddersfield. Again, Swansea will be hopefully by that, but well, I hope not. But Swansea will be looking up the table always. But well, I'd say that it's not really worked out for them yet this season. But they're, they're a tidy outfit and they caused us a lot of problems earlier in the season, obviously beating us um, yeah. at Swansea. Um, but then once you, you're through that run and Huddersfield obviously dangerous as well, then it's Fulham, Bristol City away, Blues away, Bournemouth at home. And that, yeah. that again, like you said, JB, up till early April, it is just like must win, must win, must win. But yeah, that, you, you look at you look at that run of fixtures there and just top of my head, the only teams I would, the way you are at the moment to be comfortably, I would go right, Peterborough, tick. Bristol City, tick. Preston. I would say Preston did a number on you, didn't they? Deep down, you, I'd expect you to beat them, but Preston are not a bad outfit. You what know. Was, um, what the uh, return fixture? Was it one all? Uh, did, nil nil. I, th- I thought they beat you two one. one, no, one no, no, one oh, all. Was it one all? Was it one all? Oh, okay, my bad. Um, yeah, Preston, I'd say so. But you'd expect yourself to beat Blues, but with it being a local derby, you never know. Oh, yeah. Um, that sort of thing, but it, all around those two or three fixtures, mate, it, 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 it's tough, tough fixtures. And Albion have got to be at their best because you haven't been in this last. We haven't been since Crikey for a while. It seems like to be oh, fair since September, um, really. In reality, mate, you know, if, if all the teams, if the if the uh, championship had around the catch up fixtures. You know, I think your goal difference stands you in good a little bit, but you could be out of the playoffs technically if everybody won the games in hand. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. We we would, you know, we would if um, if no Stoke can't catch it. No Stoke could, yeah. Stoke only yeah. Stoke one game in hand. No, they couldn't. Coventry could if they won both of their games in hand. Yeah. Or I think Luton be a point behind you, would they? I think behind, yeah, that's it. So JB, the the, the thing really with with this, yeah. two things. One. Albion haven't won a must-win game since Villa. When was your last win? I genuinely can't remember. I'm not talking about this. Our last win was um, was I can't even remember. Was a few weeks ago against Reading. Reading, uh, yes, of course. We won yeah. back to back games, didn't we? Beat Coventry, we beat um, Reading. Oh, yes, you went, yeah, you beat Coventry, didn't you? Yeah. Course, did you? So, yeah. Anyway, the, the, the thing with Albion is that we're looking at that run of must win games. Yeah. Albion haven't won a must win game since, genuinely, I'd probably say the second leg of the playoffs when we, lo- when we lost on penalties to Villa. So even though we won that must win game, we didn't win it because the following season, 
we coasted until post-COVID and then we struggled over the line, didn't even beat QPR on the last day that year. Then focused, then moved forward to the Premier League season. We didn't win a single must-win game. If you remember, we had a big run of them and didn't win any of them. The only game I can remember us winning that resembled a, a, an important game was the derby in the second half of that season. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're now at a stage where we're getting to the point where must-win games are cropping up again. And we haven't... I don't fancy us for a must-win game. No, no. I don't. I look. If that's what I'm trying to say, man. Like I'm yeah. not even being. Like, I'm not even like looking for a bite or patronising. Like yeah. even when I look at like 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 the Preston game. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, Preston ain't a bad outfit. Albion should be beating them, but if Preston turn up and fancy, I reckon, I reckon that they'll yeah, they'll get something. nobody there as well. There'll be no and, one there. And, and, they might rearrange middle of January. Yeah, and you know, you know, and he's is that an indictment on? Ishmael's ability to manage, yeah. you know, big players in big games, you know, is it an oh, indictment well, no, on no. the players? Is it an indictment on the players not really knowing what the system is properly? No. Yes, you've had a, to be fair, you've had, you've had a rotten, I know you've had a rotten little bit of injuries. I know that. And suspensions yeah, really and stuff. Point, but yeah. No, but um, yeah. It's, I don't it's, think it's, it's an indictment on Ishmael, the fact that we that we haven't won these must-win games because I don't think, to be fair, in his tenure, we've had many. We've had a couple of big games that we haven't performed in. The QPR game, that was that was a big game that we haven't turned up in and that Fulham yeah, game, yeah, yeah. game we haven't turned up in. Whereas now, after we've got this this run of three winnable games, Peterborough, Preston, sure. Wall, you're then looking at that run of Sheffield United, Blackburn, Luton, Borough and thinking they are all must-win games because they're teams who are going to be in and around us Team two. Yeah, Chef United have mounted a bit, haven't they, as well? Yeah. yeah I mean, they're, they're a long way off us now, but they've got two games in hand. So they could be about five points behind us if they were to win those. And I know it's all if, buts, and maybes. The last thing I want to say on Albion, because um, I feel like whichever team we start with, we always end up rambling forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One yeah. thing I want to say on Albion is we've been very streaky this season, very streaky. And yeah. Ishmael was very streaky with uh, Barnsley. And I think the style of play lends itself to a confidence, um, a confidence, sort of a confidence culture. If that, if I can yeah. say that, like when you're low, you, that you are really at a low ebb. But when you're high, things start going for you because you're playing with so much speed. And I think looking at these three fixtures, Peterborough, Millwall, and Preston, they're all winnable. The Peterborough game, I think, is must-win. They're all winnable. That could be the start before that that run of really tough games afterwards. That could be the start of of a big streak. Something to I'm not saying take us through to the end of the season or anything daft like you did with Barnsley, but there's no reason to say this couldn't be a little turning point. You never know. Sure. DK the goal, and that's something to hang your hat on. And and then after that, you know, after this first game, we'll have Moa and we'll have Johnston back, and you, you never know. But for me, if we don't win that Peterborough game, I don't think. I think that's rock bottom. I don't think it'd be yeah. worse than that. Yeah, yeah, you have, you have to win the weekend. Like, like there's no, there's no ifs or buts. And I can't see anything but now. I know we'll get into predictions and little pre previews like a bit yeah. later on. But um, yeah, I can't see anything. Uh, you have to win the Aka, but. I can't see anything but an Albion win this weekend because, like I said, if you could have cherry picked a fixture to try and get you out of this this rotten one of form, this is the team he would have chosen. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, but we'll see. Might be a couple of months coming up. Um, very interesting times at the Hawthorns, to say the least. Very, very interesting. Very exciting as well. I know the style of play isn't always exciting, but the yeah, yeah. I think it's a great league to be involved with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great league to be involved with. <laughs> are currently occupying eighth position in the Premier League. Things are going okay yeah. at Modern U. All things are going yeah. 3-1 at the weekend and not as much drama for Wolves, really. Things are going swimmingly. Yeah, to take it on nicely, mate, to be fair. Um, can't really complain. Think, think things are looking good. Um, you know, we, 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 you know, we'd be interested to see how the next sort of 11 days go, transfer window-wise, to see if Troy yeah. goes, if that, if that gets reinvested. Obviously, we signed the, the lad Chiquinho um, from Portugal, who, let's be honest, none of us have got a clue what he's about. He comes highly rated and he'll go into the first team squad, but can't really comment on him, if I'm being very honest. Um, no. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see where we go, where, where the trail race of saga goes and if there is any more incomings from, from, from that. But in terms of Wolves itself on the pitch, 
<clears throat> excuse me, a really, really good mate, you know, fantastic win at the weekend, you know, against a, a difficult opponent, you know, they're not a bad side, Southampton, they're a good side actually. Um, and to be fair, that showed in the first 15 to 20 minutes, Southampton were, were by far and away the better side to start off with. They were camped in our half, we bet, I don't think we even crossed the halfway line, first 15 minutes. Um, and it looked like, actually, we could be in for a long afternoon here. Um, but we got back into the game, um, and bear in mind we were missing Neves, um, who you know is, is obviously the main man sort of thing. I was a little bit wary of, of, that, of that midfield two of Moutinho and Doncaster, but it worked well. Um, you know, Toti Gomez came in for his debut. Who's a, a lad who we've had for a couple of years, been on loan at Grasshoppers. Come in, did a bit of assessment work with him over there winter break. Obviously impressed enough in training to come in, and he had a splendid debut. Looked really good. Could see he was a bit nervous at times, but to come into the Premier League, make your debut against Southampton, and, and, and put in such a, a solid performance, that was really pleasing to see. And we looked okay, man. We looked good. You know, we we we, we got the penalty call. Me and Esso, we've had a, and a couple of other Wolves fans have had deep conversations around this around was it a penalty? Was it not? I think there's arguments for both. Me personally, I. Uh, on the side of yes I think when you go to ground in the box um, you've always risked risk that you run that risk of, of making a challenge that you don't need to um, SO was like no not a penalty for me um, so I think I, I think it was one of those decisions that could have gone either way but if I'm honest like you say when they come your way you take them don't you um, and then obviously you know Jimenez puts it away um, I'm trying to what the second goal what the second goal was I've gone completely blank Um I have got absolutely blank who the second goal was. Try away? To go. No, he was the third goal. I have gone absolutely this is blank. Part of me oh, was it was Cody. I was Cody. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. It was, yeah. So, 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 uh, yeah so, so there's a lovely free kick from Jamie Tino. Floated in there. Keep got caught in no man's land. Kilman's had us hit the post. Cody's tapped it in for 2-0. Um, and we're cruising at that point. To be fair, second half, we were really, really good. Really, really good. But then, uh, you know, I've had them to win a free kick 35 yards out and Ward Prowse thinks, you know, I'm going to have a pop here. And it's an absolute world anyway, that game, that game will be remembered for that and nothing else because that's one of the best free kicks that's ever been in the Premier League. It's just, just, it's just leathered it. And it, it, the, the swear of the ball was... Was exactly the right. And listen, being totally honest with you, it had to be something that special to beat Jose saw because the saves he was making. He's, dive, first he, you know, he's putting a, a customary dive, but you may as well have just sat down. There's no way to but say that's, But that's what I'm saying. It, it had to be something that special yeah. to beat him. It really yeah. did because well, he Jose saw about how, how good he, he, he's been. Yeah, he, but he, he made some tremendous save. I mean, he made a point blank save from a Southampton player, Eddie, in the six yard box. He's got down quickly and, and made a couple of double saves early early doors you know he's been quick off his line again in the second half when Southampton pushed for the equaliser and then talking of that when they're pushing we break away Triori for the first time this season actually finds a bit of composure breaks away and slots in a lovely finish for the third which hopefully adds another 5-10 million onto his value before going to say it could only be January um, <laughs> so, um, so yes and listen lovely 3-1 victory nice enough to score some goals um and to be fair, mate, we're sitting pretty in the table. A few games in hand in the teams above us. You know, the difficult games in hand, by the way. But, you know, still games in hand. And 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 we look we look, we look, look a sure bet to be in and around the mix, mate, to be fair. Um, like I said, the next 10, 11 days will be interesting in terms of if Traore goes, will that be reinvested? Is there somebody or something lined up? I still worry about that lack of depth. I still worry about if Neves gets injured. Even if Moutinho or Dendonka get injured, Where's our midfield options coming into play? Um, yeah. I would still like us to see a midfield a midfielder come in um, and assured midfielder. And we've got some some young lads who we obviously think very highly of Luke Kundal, Jordao. Um, you know, I know Neto's due to come back, so he can play with the formation a little bit. But for me, I'd love to see a, a nice box to box midfielder come in. Um, we 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 potentially that trade away money, but yeah, we look ahead to the weekend, a tough game at the weekend. Like I said, we're going to previews in a bit because we're playing the, the only team this season that have really done a proper number on us, if I'm honest. Um, and I'd like to think, I hope we're going to go out for a little bit of revenge. Yeah, well, just there was a few things there I want to get into. I saw today yeah. that Athletic were reporting that Traore has had a bid, or was it the Athletic or was it Percy? I think it might be John Percy, uh, said that Traore has had a bid from Spurs, but it's been rejected. 
Um, oh, okay, I haven't seen the, that. Okay. The bid was 50. I, to be honest, JB, it was just as we were sitting down to record, so that might have been fresh off the Oh, press. okay. But um, 15 million bid is coming from Spurs, um, and they... Uh, Wolves have said they want yeah. twenty. Yeah, they won't, they, won't, they won't take a loss on him, and, and you'd be mad. You can't take a loss on him. I know. Listen, I, I know. I, I know. His stats don't don't stack up, and it can be infuriating times. But is he a better player than what we brought four years ago? Yeah. Yes. And we yeah. paid eighteen million for him. So you're not going to take a loss on him. Um, to yeah, be honest, I think I think at his I age, the so big a, circumstance though there is uh, the fact you know we're now in a COVID market and things aren't going for quite as much as they were, but. Sure. Still yeah. a bit of an insulting bid for me, 15. Yeah, I think the Wolves' valuation is 20. Um, and I think with the contract... I can see that. I think 20. I can see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. On, on a, a little bit of a segue... Uh, sorry. A um, little bit of a side step. What do you call it? A, a, yeah. Uh, tangent. There we go. Tangent. I, I can't help but really like Connor Cody and it's annoying... Um, <laughs> you don't want to. has there ever been a player and there hadn't before Cody there hadn't been at Wolves has there ever been a player at the Albion who you can't help but like oh that is a f- so easy to hate Wolves, yeah of course it is um, genuinely Connor Cody I can't help but like him oh gosh uh, do you know it, it's difficult it's, it's a difficult question to answer Kieran because I haven't had as an invested interest in Albion as I have the last couple of years because of this podcast. And vice versa, um, I've never been this invested in. Y- yeah, so, so prior, to, prior to this podcast, I mean, there's players that are, I'm like, bloody hell, I, I wish, I, wish I'd, I had yeah, them at the Wolves yeah, because yeah. of their ability. Um, but You can keep Connor Cody, I'm not that bothered about his ability. It's, yeah, but like personality-wise... It's 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 difficult, isn't it? Really, I, I can't. I, yeah. I'd love to. I'd love to yeah. reciprocate that 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 um that feeling, but I, I don't think I can, mate. Yeah, I've and never been. Bit, that's not me being a bit of Wolves fan. I just can't. No, no, I've never been. I've never been in this position before, but now I'm I'm sat here I'm looking at a player I'm supposed to not like because he's a captain of my rival club, and I'm. I'm a bit of a man crush on him. I love how I love how passionate he is. I love how he speaks. I love, I think he's a brilliant yeah, he's... ambassador for, for England, and I think he's a brilliant ambassador for um and he's come on leaps and bounds, mate, because all you know, all her hands up. I thought he was a goner this summer. Well, summer just gone. I thought Bruno Lars gonna come in, play a back four, and he ain't gonna fit into that system. And and he's got better and better as he's come along, mate. You know, he's got better against the better strikers. You know, the, the kind of your Chris Woods better, better strikers. That, that, Christ, let me, let me rephrase that. You bigger strikers, <laughs> you know, you know, you, you, you Chris Woods. 25 million pound Chris yeah. Wood, yeah. I know, exactly. You know, who, who, who traditionally is always struggled against. Yeah, he, hasn't this season, he hasn't this season. Um, you know, and he, he has come on leaps and bounds. I suppose that's credit to him for working hard. He's going to be ragged next season when we get promoted, JB. You won't say it again, mate. He's going to run him ragged when we get promoted. Mate, they'll just put Max Kilman on him and Kilman and like take him out for breakfast, mate. Don't worry about that. The best English centre-half in the country, mate. Max yeah, Kilman. I don't know if he'll be um, Wolves this time next year. There's interest from uh, Man United. I'm not surprised, mate. He's super, he's super, mate. He's top, top, top draw. But no, I mean, to go back to Cody, mate, look, he's such a lovable, likeable character. He's, his passion for the game is infectious. He speaks so well. He's a great ambassador. He's a family man. He loves he loves the city he plays for. You know, he's great for England. And and, and he will. And I'll, I'll say it now, and it's a while off. And maybe this podcast will be long gone, or maybe we'll be thriving in a, in, a, in in the podcast world. But he'll be like a superb media pundit. He'll be up there with like Eugene Evans and your Carragher's, and he'll be doing the Monday night football and and all that sort of stuff. He'll he'll be tremendous. Superb, man. We are privileged to have him at our club. We really are. Yeah, I, like I said, it's it's hard not to like him, and I think I can imagine. <laughs> there's a lot of Albion fans would probably say that as well. For example, we I don't agree with the chant, but there's a there's a chant. Well, obviously, I don't agree with the chant because it's not factually true. But there's a chant goes round about Tyrone Mings. Um, we're the Albion, we're on a bender. Tyrone Mings. I'm sure you can fill the rest in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think Tyrone Mings is quite a nice bloke as well. I don't think he's a good player, but I think he's quite a nice bloke. Yeah. I really like that. Um, but I'm not that bothered, you know. I think it's a bit unpleasant. I don't think you get that about Connor Cody. <laughs> I think, no, I think everyone just so likable. Yeah, I don't is, think yeah, Albion yeah. fans would be singing about Connor Cody. 
Yeah, no, he's, he's just like I said, you listen to his post like interviews, you look at that when he's, you know, it's probably the, the most scruffiest, rubbish, rubbishiest. That's a, that's a terrible word. I can't believe I work in a school. Um, you know, goal to score in front of the South Bank. Yeah. Um, first go in front of the South Graphic Bank. Then, might say, oh, mate. But, but you know, he's literally celebrated like he's just hit a 40 yard wonder volley into the top bins. Yeah. You know, and he's brilliant. And, he, you know, he likes it. It's infectious. And, to have that guy leading your club um, week in, week out, and, and, and as a face of your club, like I said, we're, we're, privileged, we're in a privileged moment, at the, uh, you know, privileged time at the moment. Um, and like I said, I don't take that for granted because I'm fully aware that, 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 that players can leave and times can change. So I'm just trying to enjoy the ride at the moment, mate. So, JB, after this next game against Brentford, um, you don't play another Premier League game for quite a few weeks as the winter break, and then there's the fourth round of the FA Cup. Pretty big game for, I'd say pretty big game, you know, it'd be a nice game to win for Wolves, I'm sure. If you win that, JB, and then you're sat with two games in hand on the teams around you, and you are, that would put you on 34 points, you know, that's behind Man United and Arsenal. Do you think it's realistic um, for Wolves to aim for the top seven, should we say, Bearing in mind they had a very nice run of fixtures over the last 10, 15 games, or or do you think they might progress to the mean? Basically, is there enough in the current performances to suggest that you're still going to keep improving? You won three of your last four. Um, obviously, you said it, they, they've scored some goals. It was nice to see Wolves get three goals um, when you compare them to how they've been. Yeah. You, basically, do you see this trend continuing, JB? Past the winter break. As we, as, as we sit here right this second, yes. And the reason why I say that, Kieran, is because, and I thought, again, I think I touched on it if we spoke about this in, in the week in our little chat, or maybe it wasn't a chat, maybe it was somebody else. Each, and this, this, this sounds crazy, I know, but, but every game that we go into at the moment, no matter who we're playing, I don't feel like we're going to lose. That's not, not, that's not particularly because we're playing Guardiola style, or we're just sensational. I just feel like I, it doesn't matter who we're playing. We, I, I don't feel like we're going to... I can't tell the last time I felt like we're going to lose a game. Even when we, even when we had that little run out up in December towards Christmas when we played um, Man City, when we played yeah. Liverpool, uh, Chelsea, etc. None of those games I went in. And even during the game, I was like, no, we're fine. Um, I feel like every game we go into, we've got a chance of getting something. Yeah, and that's just because of how efficient we are, um, how we can switch it up when we need to, and then because of Bruno Large's management, basically, and, and he's t- and he tactically is just superb. He's so so good. Um, what in what just, sense? What, what's he doing? That, that he just get he just gets it. He, he just gets it, mate. Just the way he sets sets us up, the the, the delicate changes he makes in game and think like how Southampton would come to our half in the first fifteen minutes. And we couldn't get out. We couldn't get out. You know, it, 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 we were playing down Toti Gomez's side. And we were playing on the left-hand side initially. And I knew he wasn't having much luck that first 15 minutes. And he was just coming back, just coming back, just coming back. Straight away, he's on the touchline. He's barking something out. Next thing you know, it's Kilman Semedo inside to Moutinho. Back, we've worked it back across the pitch. And he's and, and just so proactive in the games. He, he, he's so proactive. He's really t- he's just the complete opposite of Nuno. Like I can guarantee, if that had been Nuno last year, he'd have just sat there and let it play out and, and try and get to half time at nil nil if we can. He's yeah. so proactive in, in, in his management. You know, when we used to make a joke about Wolves being a rubbish first half team last year, but X in the second half. Yeah, I almost feel like that was just because sometimes we couldn't play any worse. Whereas, if, <laughs> whereas if we go in, go in at half time now and and we need to play a better second half, I know we're coming out and there's going to be a tactical change. He's going to be a told them something to do. And he's, he's just, he, honestly, man, I can't praise the guy enough. I really, really can't. And you know, every team we play against, he, he, it's like, he's, I won't go to say he's got the number, but he, he just seems to set us up the right way to play against every team. Even when we play, even when we played Man City, yeah, we were never we were never overloaded. You know, we 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 look fairly comfortable at chances. You know, it, yeah, it just well, seems to get it right. Yeah, the, well, there's. I think a lot of that comes from the size of 
club that you are and your status in the Premier League. But I think that is the way to manage a, a sort of mid-table with ambition yeah, yeah. club because it, you're not going to be able to impose your style of play every week. So why not be a reactive manager who has his principles, who has his ethos, but is going to do that? And I think that's been part of the criticism leveled. Uh, well, it's been a massive part of the criticism leveled at um, Ishmael um, at Albion this season. Yeah. I think he struggled to read in game. Oh, I don't even think it's it's a case of he's struggling to read. He's so militantly um, stubborn with his system. And when it's working fine, but when it's not, you have to have the yeah. plan. And we've said this, we've said this a lot this season with Ishmael. And I, I, as you're saying, if if Bruno Large has the tactical now to be able to change that in game, then that is a real strength because it, I don't think it's realistic for Wolves to have one style and be able to Im, impose that in every yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, it's going to work. It, they, they can't play like that. But I think that's that's a really encouraging sign. It really is, mate. You only have to look at, like, you know, and what I love about him as well is just how how confidently he speaks. Like, the way, like I can go, there is no other manager that I can think of that would have come out after the when we beat Man United and come out Monday night football on a bank holiday after Christmas where he's probably got millions of viewers and literally just dissect Ralph Ranić's tactics and, tell, and basically tell the world what 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 how to beat them Bruno, how how to beat them and what he did and yeah. what he told them and he just came out and said it and I, I watched it and it was like this is genius this is just unbelievable no, no shame it's almost like you know what I'm telling you what my tactics are come at me and I'll still out tactic you yeah. yeah. brilliant but, but he wasn't really was he he was telling you what um what Ralph Rangnick's tactics were and that that was yeah. the the interesting thing because if that's his approach to management that's a really effective way for a mid-table team to move up the league. Don't have a distinguishable style that people can prepare for. for you. Yeah, yeah. Have your principles, but apply it game by game, and that's that. That is a way to really see that success. And I think that that is why you're then looking two games in in the fixture calendar. And yeah, and that, that's what it is. That. We can win that, and we can win that. Yeah, of course we're going to lose games, you know, and it's going to be a massive bust to finish in the top seven or whatever. Of course, I'm under no illusions, but I just I look at the way we're playing. I, 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 you know, I look at the fact that you know when because Traore will go now. Spurs are officially bidded and stuff, and we know he's going to go. You know, if, if, if even if you know even if we don't bring any anyone else, you know, I'm not sure what this Chiquinho lads like, but you know, if we bring in just one or two more players, the big thing's keeping all the Neves, which it looks like we're going to do, and. I just look at us and I think, you know what, every game we can go into confident um, and, and give it a good good shot. And, and why not look at the table? Why not look at look at West Ham and go, do you know what? We win our games and now we're on the same point as West Ham. You know, why why can't we aim for them? I think you you're know, probably and, and, stay up, to be honest, JB. I think you'll be all right. You might survive this season. I think so, mate. I think so. <laughs> go for that 40 mark and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. but, um, Imagine if you got, yeah. you're on the beach in March. <laughs> That's what we do with the Tony That's what I think. Bruno Lars won't. He, he, you know, no, he, he, he's come out and he's like, I've come here to win titles. I think he means cups when he says titles. You know, course, he yeah. wants to win things. You know, he wants to be successful. He wants to, he, he understands the tradition and the heritage of the club. And yeah, I'm, I'm just very pro large at the moment. And I'm really enjoying the way he speaks, the way we play. And just seeing how tactically clever he is. It's a real joy, joy to watch week in, week out at the moment. Right, that's enough positivity on Wolves. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to move on. Very, very quick, quickly, let's loop back to uh, our teaser at the start of the pod. JB, can yeah. you remember the other Portuguese player who has won the Premier League? You, you came up with me with seven really good answers. Yeah. You said Nani, Ronaldo, Carvalho, Ferreira, uh, Boamorte, Deco... And Bernardo Silva, I've just done well yeah. without looking back. Yeah, yeah. One more, JB. Can you get him? Yeah, and you know, as soon as we moved on, I was like, I knew he, he, could, he could have been my first because I really, really liked him as a player. Um, very, very good sense midfielder. Scored one of my favourite goals. Yeah, you've got um, this. Yeah, yeah. scored one of my favourite goals at Old Trafford. It was he, 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 for me. He sort of created the knuckleball by that goal at Old Trafford <laughs> back. In, I think it was two thousand three. Thiago. Um, yeah, I think it was 2004, yeah. but yeah, it was, was it 04, was it? Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and he only had a better. season there. He, he joined with Mourinho. Yeah, yeah. And um, good, good player, but I was very oh. pro Mourinho there. Like, I love Mourinho could have brought in 
Um, Christ, Jordan Hoogill, not a thought he was the best thing since sliced bread. Oh, and on, on very pro Mourinho. On that subject, <laughs> um, yeah. It appears Jordan Hugo is going to go back to Norwich and then straight back out on loan elsewhere. Dean Smith commented on it today. Um, okay. Jordan Hugo is frustrated with his playing time at Albion. And I've got to be honest, I've been frustrated <laughs> with Jordan Hugo's playing time in the sense of being frustrated anytime he's played. <laughs> So, oh gosh good riddance to Jordan Hugill um, and yeah. yes it is Thiago that is an excellent shout well thank done you. Jamie eight out thank of eight. you mate good question thank you thank you okay so we have two games to preview we, I feel like we've in, in a sense we've previewed the Albion game yeah but I, yeah, I want to score predictions and, and say how it's going to go my 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 big thing with this Peterborough game is the sub the almost the subplot of what happened earlier in the season so they, they set the blueprint they set the blueprint on how to beat West Brom this season, and it almost worked. Shemi Ajay scores in the last minute. Big Valishmail's off down the touchline. This feels like a million years ago. Dreamland for the Albion. All is good. I was. I remember I was in Central London. I was at South Bank that night. I'm watching on my phone. I'm buzzing. Yeah, this is uh, this is amazing. Like you know, Valball's here to stay. Darren Ferguson has a hissy fit afterwards. Um, throws his toys out the pram. Says he doesn't like. Um, the way Ishmael um, celebrated or whatever it was. Um, but Albion, in a way, Ferguson's had the last laugh because Albion have struggled against the, that profile of team since that point in time. And it's going to be really interesting because I think Val will be really up for it. And I think Darren Ferguson will have his players really up for it too. And I think it'll be yeah. a really interesting game. It, I, I presume they're going to sit deep again. I, I would. I, why wouldn't they? It worked well for them at home earlier in the season. Yeah. So expect the same um, away from home as well. I. I would be worried about. I can't remember the name of their striker. Um, their pacey striker. Can you help me out, uh, Jeffrey? Um, what is his name? No, um, do you know what? I'm, I can't sound familiar with with um, with Peterborough's squad, if I'm honest. It's, um, oh, uh, Clark Harris, Clark Harris. I did just have to look that okay. up. Okay, Clark Harris. He he would worry me. Um, other than that, I, I think they've got uh, Jack Marriott, who's played for Derby as well. That that would worry me. They've got a little bit of pace on the break, but I don't think they are. I don't think they're up to much in elsewhere on the pitch I think they can sit deep and they can try and exploit that high line that Albion are going to have will it work? it might do uh, we've seen it work a lot this season but I think if DK starts Albion win that game my only fear would be if DK starts and an hour passes and we've not scored and he's not scored so Ishmael takes him off you know wants to rest him he's not fully match fit I think it could get really toxic JB if, yeah, if, yeah. if it's still nil-nil and DK gets taken off, I, I'd be I'd be really worried for um, the decibel level in, in, a, yeah. in, a, in a bad way. Um, but I do think Albion will have enough. I do think DK will score. I think it has to be it has to be a turning point. You know, as we said earlier, it's must win. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say we will win. I'm going to say it will be a blow the cobwebs off two-nil performance. JB, what do you reckon? Yeah, mate, I, I agree. I, I listen, I think, you know, we, we say this every week, don't we? You know, teams are going to come and, and try and find a way to get a result. Peter sort of set that standard early doors. Like I say, I remember watching, I was in, I was in the pub, I was in the, I was in the winding wheel, actually. It was a Saturday night game, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a Saturday night game, yeah, I was, I was in the wheel. Um, I, remember, I remember watching it. I do see him a long time ago. Um, and yeah, they sort of set the standard in, in, in that sense. For me, as I said, I won't repeat myself. I'll keep it short and sweet. If you could have cherry-picked a game, it would be against against this team. Worst defence in the league. Had a couple of Tonkins in, in the recent weeks. Um, so for me, I think you will get the result that you need. I'm going to go for a, a routine 3-0 win. And uh, I think DK will, will get, off the, get off the mark. Um, yeah, and, and then that, that will then give you some form of platform to look ahead into, into those really important games that we touched on earlier. But you've, you've got to get the result this weekend. And, but I do, I, I do think you will. I do think you will. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Um, JB, your fixture this weekend is against Brentford, a game, in fact, that I watched in the pub. Um, I was in Camden on a Saturday afternoon in, I want to say, November. I know October. It, it, 
Yeah, yeah. I bumped, in, I bumped into a Wolves fan uh, and watched it with him. Um, and that also seems a really long time ago. Yeah, but yeah. As you alluded to earlier, Brentford really did do a number on Wolves earlier in the yeah. season. So I, I think as w- what we've spoken about with the kind of manager large is, I think he might have a point to prove as well. How do you see that one going, JB? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mate, spot on. Um, I think, like I said, uh, Reviewing the whole season up up to now, Brentford are really the only team that that, that completely came and, and and did a job on us properly. Properly did a job on us, um, and, and at that point it was a little bit like oof, it was a bit worrying actually. And you thought actually where 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 do we go from here? But luckily he got he got his house in order, and we've really managed to kick on since that result. Um, I would like to think that, that Large will be looking for a little bit of little bit of revenge, looking to sort of right right the wrongs of that game. I'd love us to go and win. Obviously, I want us to win every game. Um, but I think it'll be an ask. Um, I think Brentford, it's a kind of game Brentford will be looking to get points out of. They'll see it as yeah. a game that they'll want points out of. We'll see it as a game that we need points out of. And I think potentially we could cancel each other out a little bit. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be as probably as, even though at times we're both quite pleased on the eye, I think potentially we could sort of cancel each other out a little bit. Um, could we do sort of play similar formations? Um, so I'm going to, I don't like doing this really, but I'm, I'm going to sit on the fence, unfortunately. I'm going to Keir Starmer it and uh, go um, one all. Yeah, I I think, I don't know why, and this might just be me being down on my rivals here, and I try not to be that person on this podcast. I try to be as, as impartial as I can. But I fancy Brentford again. Yeah, I can, I can uh, see that, mate. I can't. I genuinely can see I, that. Absolutely. And I think, I think I'm fair. I think I'm fair on Wolves. I think most people listening would, would yeah. agree. Be impartial, but for whatever reason, yeah. I think I think Brentford have I can got. See hit. that. I thought they they really did well in the midfield battle last time they played Wolves, and it that was one of those occasions where it just didn't look like Wolves had enough legs in the midfield. I, I. I and this, and this, and so, so this is where oh, I hope, this is where my, my recruitment thing comes in because Saturday would be the perfect game to play a proper theme. I know, I know you could yeah. put then Duncan Neves and Moutinho, which which you may well do, but to have a sort of a proper box to box midfielder in that midfield three would be perfect for Saturday, and that's where I just think we're lacking a little bit. Um, but anyway, sorry mate, I, I, I jump in. No, no, you were right. To be fair, I I didn't really know where I was going with it, other than that. <laughs> Brentford, Brentford really did ex- exploit that midfield too last yeah. time. Played Wolves, and I think that Ivan Tony had a really, really good game last time. He did, yeah. I, he's been quiet since, really, but I think he could be dangerous. That was September, you know. I've just checked the date. That was September, not October. That, wow, it feels like a long time ago. But that was your f- fifth game of the season, maybe. About yeah, yeah. I, I, I think we, we lost our first three, and then the next one, and then lost to Brentford. Did and then I think we beat did we beat Southampton was that our first win. Yeah, I think it might Southampton yeah. and then and then and then 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 Southampton uh, Brentford sort of brought us back down to earth again. Um <laughs> but luckily luckily we've kicked on from that a little bit. Um it was Watford you beat. I've been Watford, Watford, yeah. Checking a lot. I must be tired. I don't never normally have to do that, JB. But yeah. Mm. It was 2-0, 11th of September. Wang got the goal, who I saw, by the yeah. way, has the highest conversion rate in the Premier League this season. It's got 44% conversion rate, which is like, wow. insane. First of all, like, I guess it's interesting in play. He's been yeah. out for a while. I'm not sure when he yeah. was due back, actually. Yeah, well, he, he, was, he was promising before he, he, he had this absence. Yeah. Anyway, that- JB, so you're you're going to go for a one-all. I'm going to go for a one-nil. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know why. I think it's a tough one to call. I do sort of agree. Uh, but I am going to go slightly stronger opposition um, and say, yeah, I, I fancy Brentford. Um, I, to be honest, I nearly went with Peterborough in the Albion game because it's something, something that... Something no, that no I can't say that. Picture, but yeah, there we go. So I'm going for Albion win, Wolves loss. You're going for Albion win, Wolves draw. And that's been a while since you've gone Wolves draw in an Albion. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, I can see Brentford I can see Brentford going 1-0 up and then us having to sort of crack on. And I'm yeah. really open. I, I, I didn't touch on it before and I, I know we're wrapping up now. I'll keep it really brief. I want to just quick shout out Fabio Silva. Looks a dif- dif- different beast to... to, to, to the same shout out. How many beasts is this man? You're like, he's a different beast this week. He's a different beast this week. He was a boy. He's getting better and better. He's in the gym every. He's in the gym, man. He's in the gym all week, and he's just 
Right, I'm just going to start next week's podcast with hello and welcome to the Black Country Ramble. JB, get your shout out of the way and then start because this Fabio Silva thing, it can't just kind of slot it in every week, JB. People are bored I of can, it. I can, I can do what I want, mate. And if Fabio Silva wants a shout out, he's getting one. <laughs> Fabio Silva doesn't even know you exist. He doesn't care about you, JB. I'm tweeting him now. I'm telling him. Don't have your Silva post on your wall. He doesn't even know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was um, that was a pleasure as always. I hope yeah, I did. brilliant mate. I hope he does know who you are. Um, on the subject of Twitter, you can find us on there at BCR Pod. <laughs> we had a lovely little tweet go. Uh, have another little mini mini bang this week. Um, it is a year since Albion beat Wolves. That that really does seem a long time ago. So year yeah. since Albion beat Wolves. Um, and the compilation of Wolves fans filming themselves during the pandemic. Still watching. can't believe they did that. Like that just shows no, it, it's, it's immortalised. It, 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 yeah. yeah, the pandemic did a strange thing, but that that's never going away. If you want to see a hilarious um, video of Wolves fans getting a bit carried away at two one and then looking very dejected at three two, that is available at BCR pod other than that um follow us to find out when the next podcast is coming out and ask any questions ahead of recording if you could give us a review on apple podcasts even if you don't listen on apple podcasts it would be great if you could do that um that really helps the numbers and it means that we can hopefully do this more often keep doing it and uh, keep finding the time in our busy schedules jb is there anything yep. you'd like to add young man no just fabio silva for ballon d'Or. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Black Country Ramble. Um, we'll see you next week if JB can stop swooning over Fabio Silva's luxurious <laughs> lot. <laughs>